What's going on, all my Spotify members, Anchor members, Apple Podcast members, Breaker Channel members, whoever else is tuning in, it's C-Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle, here to bring you another podcast. Now, I didn't make one last night, I really wanted to, but I don't know, just wasn't really feeling it, so I decided to get on here tonight. Drinking a few brewskis, going to smoke a little bit of weed, and we're going to get down to business here. First of all, I want to uh, congratulate or take my hat off to the people of Pennsylvania for cracking down on this critical race theory that's going on that's being tried to be, they're attempting to teach to our kids, sorry. You know, the thing is, you know, I don't have any kids, let's just put it that way, but I still think it's wrong to teach kids wrong. You know, I mean, no matter which way you look at it, I don't necessarily have kids, but uh, these are going to be the people that are going to be running our country whenever we're old and decrepit, you know. So, when you're 80 years old and you're in a wheelchair, these are going to be the people that are growing up making decisions, and, uh, so that, that's crazy in itself, but, I was really happy to see, uh, Arizona have a firm stance on that, and I'm really happy to start seeing people, uh, protest in Pennsylvania over that. I think there needs to be a lot more done than just protesting in Pennsylvania. I think they need to talk to the governor of Pennsylvania and tell him that this just isn't going to fly in our schools and that action is going to be uh, addressed, whether it's with violence or not. You know, we, we want this to all be peaceful. But um, we want people to actually listen to what we're saying, too. And uh, we're not going to just sit around while... <clears throat> racist theories are being pushed in classrooms so bravo I clap my hands for that <laughs> um, anywho I think it's really fucked up but we're not going to really get into critical race theory because I could be here for hours and hours and hours um, what I am going to talk about, though, I was kind of going through some old bookmarks in my phone, and for some reason, I had saved this name called Karen Greenlee, and I just thought it was weird, because I just had that one name that was written down, and I'm like, who the fuck is Karen Greenlee, you know? Obviously, I wrote it down because it was pretty. In I was pretty interested in it, you know. <laughs> so I went to Google and I typed in Karen Greenlee. Uh, and I'm going to save you guys the suspense of going to Google and actually doing that. Because I'm going to tell you the story about her anyway. So there's no point in even wasting your effort. She was born in 1956, and 
still alive. She's still alive, I guess. She, uh, doesn't say that she's died yet. So, pretty sure she's still alive. It is, cr it is absolutely crazy. Smoke some weed first. It's been a long day. It's been a long week. I finally got tomorrow off. It's payday tomorrow, and I'm gonna enjoy myself some good food tomorrow. Maybe go out and buy a new movie to watch, new box set maybe, because I haven't done that in a while. Gotta go buy a new water filter anyway, so might as well. But anywho, today's been a long day, long ass day, and um, damn it. Damn, this fucking weed is like stuck. <coughs> okay. Let's see. Had to clear out that chillin'. But anyways, it's payday tomorrow gonna be really good for me to actually go and get some things done I need to go to the store uh, get some necessities and stuff and I need to get some groceries I'm thinking of eating some fried chicken tomorrow that sounds really good I've been really craving that but we'll see a lot of things sound good right about now but I'm just a sucker for fried chicken, man. I fucking love it. I don't know why. I guess it's because I haven't... There was a long time when I went a while without eating it. But it's kind of like a rare, you know, uh, delicacy, I guess. I rarely eat fried chicken anymore, and if I do, I definitely don't cook it at home. It takes too much time, gotta, you know, grease is splattering everywhere, it's a fucking mess. It's hot as fuck, because you've been cooking with hot grease for an hour. Plus, you gotta watch that shit like a hawk. You can't just go in your room listening to music and shit while it's cooking. So... Always get my fried chicken from somewhere else. Usually, there was there was a long time whenever I'd only eat it at home, if I cooked it, because I got food poisoning from KFC one time and it was fucking terrible. It was the worst time in my life. <laughs> it's the worst time I ever got sick was whenever I ate KFC. The grease that came up with it, 
um, you know, the corn chunks, it was just fucking, it was terrible. That gravy that they make for KFC is made with grease. That's how they make their gravy. So, they mix in a little packet with some gravy, or with some grease, and that's how they make their gravy. Just so you know, I threw it up, I know exactly what it's made out of. It actually sits on top of the water like an oil sheen, you know. So I know exactly. Um, anywho. I'm going to go tomorrow and... Uh, well, I might, I might do that early Friday. I'm going to go get my bike tire fixed on my black bike. Um, but I gotta walk it over from my job to the bike shop. It's about a good 20-30 minute walk. I don't know. But this is like the second time that I've had to walk a bike um, over to uh, the bike shop, you know, because I had a flat tire. It's been like the second or third time. And I told the fucking guy at the bike shop, like, first time I took it up there, I told him, you know, make sure to check it, you know, it was flat, pretty sure it had some holes in it somewhere. Oh no, it's, it's just because you haven't been airing them up. I'm like, well, shouldn't it hold air, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of a tire, if a tire doesn't hold air, then what good is, what good is it, <laughs> you know, I mean, so, I mean, I can understand if it's over the period of time, it's been a while, but, it's like all the fucking time, it goes flat, and, um, so anyways, I told him, just go ahead and put some new inner tubes on it, Put a new tire on it, you know, I just don't want to have to worry about having a flat. And that's the reason why I got the bigger tires on Dale on the yellow bike. I haven't had a flat since I've had those tires. I've rode them in many winters, um, many seasons, many, you know, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And had them in the driest conditions, in the wettest conditions, and... I've driven them over icebergs before. <laughs> when I say icebergs, I mean like chunks of ice in the road that's you run it over and you think that you've got a flat because of how sharp the ice is, you know. No, those tires have lasted a long time. And I paid 70 bucks for the set. <clears throat> they were aftermarket tires. Um, but anywho made by a company called Surfas, which is spelled uh, S-E-R-F-A-S. And, like I said, it's, they're supposed to be thorn-resistant tires. That's what they sold them as. That was their big selling point, was they were puncture-resistant, thorn-resistant. Um, just by the design of them, naturally, it's, it's like a concave tire. It, it's got uh, the shapes, the shapes that are carved out in the, in the actual rubber go inwards towards the tire. And basically, 
hard to explain, but it moves the thorn or a nail or glass out of the way. Kind of deflects it off of the tire, the way that it's designed. So, I don't know, it's really hard to explain, but it's called dual density tires. And uh, it's got a nice little meaty rubber uh, body on the middle of it, but more on the sides of it. It's kind of chipped away a little bit more, it's a little bit more thinner. Uh, I don't know, I've got a lot of little, uh, what I call stab wounds on my tire. you got a lot of little, it looks like a puncture, you know, like you ran over something, but it's actually stuck in the rubber, in the tire. Um, it could be anything from a rock to a piece of glass to, you know, but it didn't make its way into the inner tube, so... got hundreds and hundreds of those little things those little marks on my tires <clears throat> anywho my other tire is really thin and has a lot of pressure in it the one I was just telling you about the yellow bike with the dual density tires it holds like 60 pounds of pressure in it um at the most but this black bike the smaller tires the thinner tires hold a hundred pounds or at least 70 so uh, they're a little bit higher pressure tires um, anyways I told him to fucking change the inner tubes on there last time I was up there he's like oh no they're still good and I took it up there again because they were I hadn't rode it all season, it was winter, and springtime came around, I took it up there and told him I needed to air it up, and he's like, well, what's wrong with it? Well, it needs aired up. I mean, <laughs> well, what happened? What, were you not airing it up? And so anyways, I mean, this guy that I take it to, I he kind of gets on my nerves, the both of them, because it's an older guy and a kind of middle-aged guy that run this shop. They kind of get on my nerves, uh, especially the older guy. But if I can pull the younger guy to the side, kind of have a one-on-one -on -one with him, we usually come to an agreement. Uh, and uh, he's not as much of an asshole as the older guy. So it's a little bit easier to talk to him. Anywho... Uh, I don't know. They've, they've been pretty reasonable in the past. They haven't charged me much. Uh, for different things. But I mean, I haven't really gotten all that much really done there. You know, so... Uh, it was going to cost me... Uh, I think it was like 20 bucks the last time. To get a new inner tube. Uh... Which, for me, that's pretty reasonable. I can have it in there. I can have it out. It's not that far from my mother's house or where I work. So, it's really convenient to just walk it over there. Now, the other shop is all the way on the other side of town. And that's the one that I bought this yellow bike from. But, 
when the uh, pandemic was going on and shit, in order to just get your tire uh, changed, it was going to uh, take two days. And I said that's completely uh, ignorant and unacceptable. Two days to change a fucking tire on a bike. It's not like a car, you know what I'm saying? It takes literally five to ten minutes at the most. And, uh, so, yeah, I wasn't willing to wait two whole days when I needed to be able to ride my bike to work every day and whatnot. So, I stopped going there. You know, uh, first of all, it was always expensive when I took it there. I had to pay the labor and for the parts, but it was just, everything was so high. You know, like for a headlight for your, your bike would be like $80. You know, uh, the cheapest bike in there that they have is probably $500. So, I don't know. Maybe a little bit less, like 400 or 300 but it's a very, very expensive bike shop. You get a seat for your bike, it's like 250 bucks. you know. <clears throat> so, uh... And they're just kind of always busy because they got a lot of rich people that live out there on that side of town and they're lazy and they just take it in there because it's the first first person that they see, you know, on the way to work. Uh, but it's too, it's too crowded, too populated. There's a lot of... Uh, what I call shoebies, older people that are uh, trying to act cool, trying to be uh, like in the culture of things, or uh, an older person that's trying to feel young again and trying to be hip, or just doing doing stuff that uh, just because it's a trend, you know. It could be anything, but doing it because everybody else is doing it, and, you know, why not? I'm rich, I don't have nothing else to do but spend $10,000 on this bike, you know. And yes, they do have bikes that are $10,000. Um, so anywho, that bike shop is really expensive. It's really um, overrated, I guess you could say, for their services and everything. They're really overrated, in my opinion. I'm sure I could get just as good of service and work done at Bicycle Doctor over on 5th Street. So, um, anywho, smoke a little bit more weed. Need to go get another beer. It's 1.13 in the morning on July 15th. My buddy's birthday is coming up soon on the 22nd. And um, I feel really bad a lot of times. You know, when I don't have money... And I'm in 
inopportune times, you know, like whether it's my mom's birthday or my sister's birthday or my friend's birthday, I really feel like shit when I can't get them anything. But it's been that way in the past with Halloween and Christmas and shit too. Um, in my last apartment, I lived there for five years. I do believe it was five. And I never had a Christmas tree there one year. So if that just tells you something, you know, I, I still celebrated Christmas. I still loved the feeling of the spirit of Christmas, you know, just baking cookies, watching Christmas movies was good enough for me. Um, maybe you going out and splurging with the last little bit of money that I have um, for myself. Well, yeah, just sitting around eating popcorn or eating cookies or watching Home Alone. That's, that's about all it takes for me to get into the Christmas spirit. It doesn't take much. I'm not the type of person that needs to have gifts for Christmas. Um, I do like going around and looking at lights and shit. I love Christmas lights. And it's something to do with the fact that my father used to uh, drive us around different neighborhoods and we'd go look at different Christmas lights. Um, so it's always kind of stuck with me as a hobby every year uh, around Thanksgiving for sure we'd start decorating I'd help my dad put up Christmas lights when I was over there when I was spending time with him and um, yeah it was it was kinda like a family thing to do and it was a hobby for me it was a hobby for my father to get into he actually got his uh, got a picture of his house in the newspaper one year because he had up so many Christmas lights. And, um, you know, some days I sit back and I think, oh, it'd be awesome if me and my dad can get on talking terms again and maybe put up some Christmas lights again sometime, but he doesn't want to work it out. He doesn't want to fix things. Um, even though he was the one that was in the wrong he still just uh, holds on to grudges and he'll never live it down. So, it's a sad story, but it's the way it's got to be, I guess. But I still do enjoy Christmas lights, even though, you know, it's kind of a sore subject when I think about me and my father doing it together, but... I still enjoy it regardless. That's the crazy part. Um, it used to be in the past, like, <clears throat> I used to like yellow cake with chocolate icing. And there was this girl that came up to the gas station, and she was smoking hot. I mean, a 10 out of 10 for sure. And her name was Carly, and she was... She was white, but she had little freckles underneath her eyes, and she was, she wasn't a redhead, I don't think. But she had a beautiful nose that was cute, and cute smile, perfect teeth. 
and she had these really bright eyes that when she stared at you, she melted your soul. And um, there for the longest time, she would come into the gas station and she'd get a pack of donuts. And then it went from that to she would come in and say um, that she wasn't there for the donuts, you know. She'd come in and get blunt. She's like, oh, I'm not coming here just for the blunts or the donuts. And I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean? You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was just, I was completely clueless. Like, I still, I had a thing for her. I thought she was gorgeous, but I didn't put two and two together. Never had a female hit on me before, you know. And that was what she was doing. She'd come in there, she'd get her blunts and donuts, and she'd say shit like that. Like, oh, I'm not here for the blunts and donuts. I can get that anywhere. I'm like, huh. It kind of made me open my eyes a little bit wider. And, um, so yeah, anywho, she was really smoking hot, she was somebody that I told her, you know, I was shy, I was just getting out of a relationship, and I didn't want to be screwed over again, and she swore to me that she would, not only would she never do that, but she would try and help me break out of my shell again, and. So I'm like, fine. She, you know, smoked weed. So she'd, she'd show up to my job at the gas station. And she'd be like, and I used to work overnights, you know, so it was really easy. Um, but she'd come up there at like 2 in the morning all the time. I mean, there was at least five occasions that I can think of. And she'd come up there. She's like, you want to come outside and smoke with me? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we'd go out there, and we'd sit in her car, and she'd light up the blunt, and we'd talk about shit. And it could be about anything. It wasn't nothing really ever serious, but it was kind of like both of our ways of de-stressing at the end of the day. And... um So anyways, looking back at it, I still don't know how I did it, but I got to smoking and talking more and hanging out more, and finally, she told me where she lived, which was right around the corner of where my mom lived, and um, so she invited me over to her house. And, um, she was into anime. She was into, like, the same anime that I was, like, Cowboy Bebop. And she was into the Avengers and Marvel movies, you know. She was a real nerd. She went to Comic-Con every year. But she was the sexiest nerd on this planet. Like, when I say she was a 10, I mean, she was a fucking 20. That's how sexy this bitch was. And 
thin body, but she still had a little bit of ass on her, you know. And whenever I had sex with her, like, I could barely get two fingers in her. So, it was, like, grade A, uh, preppy slut that's probably only had one boyfriend in her life. It was fucking awesome. Fucked around, like, five or six times at least. And, uh, anyways... Her favorite cake was yellow cake with chocolate icing. Back to earlier when we were talking about food. Um, well, we were talking about memories, you know. It's really hard for me to think about things that bring back memories. I don't like thinking about bad memories. So, every time that I would think about eating yellow cake with chocolate icing, I just think about her. And it's the same thing with my father. Every time I think about Christmas lights, sometimes I think about him too. But it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. Still to this day, I haven't eaten yellow cake with chocolate icing. And I haven't fucked around with her in a long time. Anyway, she ended up lying to me and she told me she'd never do this to me and never do that to me and she ended up doing it and really fucked up my trust and everything and um, whenever my trust was already low, I, you know, just getting out of a relationship and um, <clears throat> anyways started fucking playing head games, and we stopped fucking around, and then she kind of just stopped coming up to the gas station, you know, it was pretty sad, it's a pretty sad story, you know, if it was a movie, it would be pretty fucking sad, like, this girl comes along that's, like, impossible to get, she gets with a guy that's got really bad self-esteem issues and trust issues, and and then she confides in him that she'll never treat him like that again. And that she ends up not only ruining his life, but the way that it was executed. You know what I mean? It's really sad. And then she had the balls, like, months later or a year later, to come into the gas station... With the same dude that she was fucking dating when she was fucking me. She was, she was fucking this guy. She was dating this guy, but she was getting ready to break up with him. And that's when she was fucking me, was when she was out there seeing what else she can get, you know. So, anyways, she's fucking back with the dude. And comes into the gas station like nothing ever happened, at first, she would make little comments or, but she'd always have this fucking pencil neck with her every time. She'd never come in there alone. And uh, one day, you know, when she found out where I, where I worked, she kept coming in there every, every fucking day. She'd come in there and she'd come in there and she'd come in there. And she wanted me to just flip my shit and yell at her or cause a scene, you know. So she can get me in trouble and fired, possibly, or... But I never did, 
what I told her was she needed to leave and she didn't need to come back because she wasn't allowed there anymore. You know, you know as well as I know that we don't get along. Um, I don't like you. You don't like me for some reason. And um, so you know I work here and you still continue to come here and cause problems. So when there's 10 other gas stations in town, I don't think that's uh, necessary, you know. She's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to fucking come here if I want to. And fucking, okay, well, if you come back here, you're going to get the cops called on you. So don't do that. <laughs> you're not entitled to anything. Anyways. Yeah, that's the reason why I haven't eaten yellow cake with chocolate icing. Because this Carly bitch that fucking broke my heart back. Well, it was probably about like three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably around then. I don't know. It was right when I was picking myself back up. I was gaining confidence again, but I was still weak. Still hurting from before and... And and then, like recently, not too far back, like a year ago, actually, a year ago, pretty much to the day, it was on my birthday last year, um, I was friends with a girl named Vanna, and she was friends with me through a mutual friend, and we had been talking on and off for like a year. We'd all get in video chats together, me, Mikey, Vanna... Victoria, we'd all just get together and drink beer, talk shit for hours. Some nights it would be like two or three hours. We'd, I'd sit down on my mom's back porch and just video chat, you know. And then eventually, <clears throat> it all fell apart. You know, Victoria got a boyfriend. She's off doing her own thing. Uh, Vanna... Ended up coming here saying she wanted to pursue a relationship with me. And I was really skeptical of her at first. But I thought, okay, she's a cool girl and I deserve to give her the chance. You know, so I did. I let my guard down again. And I even went over and met her parents. She invited me over to have a cookout with her fucking stepdad and her mom and her daughter and... So I met her whole family almost, her immediate family. And so anyways, for my birthday, she wanted to rent a hotel. She wanted us to stay at a hotel for my birthday, you know, for a couple days. And she was going to pay for the hotel. And I was going to pay for all the food and drinks and alcohol. And so anyways... I, um, we went to the hotel and stayed the night there. It was, we watched movies, we ate food together and hung out and talked like we usually did as friends. And we ended up fucking, you know, like two, three times maybe, I don't know. Um, 
but it got to the point where she was kind of being annoying about it. Like, I didn't want to fuck her anymore. She was kind of pressuring me into it, like, uh, anyways, the last day that we were there, she had a job interview here in town, because she was planning on moving here from Missouri, and so she had a job interview at a good job, she had a really good fucking job interview set up, she was going to be working for, uh, uh, St. Joseph's home, which is a retirement home, but she was going to be a cook, and they have an apartment right across the street from there that was perfect for her, it was perfect price range, her and her daughter, it was just perfect, not too far from where her mom lived, and so anyway, she said, when we were at the hotel, we were getting ready to leave, she asked me if I wanted to fuck, I'm like, no, not in the mood to fuck today, sorry, <laughs> just kind of not, you know, and I think I had to go to work that day, so I'm more focused on eating breakfast, since I'm already awake, I might as well eat and get ready for work and everything, I had to ride back to my mother's house before going to work. Anyways, um, I asked her what she was doing tomorrow, the next day, and she says, oh, well, I'm, I'm probably going to be busy, you know, I got that job interview today, and I might start work, so I probably won't be able to hang out until I let you know my schedule, and I said, okay, the bitch the bitch up and left and had her mother drive her all the way back to Missouri didn't even tell me that she was going back to Missouri didn't say goodbye didn't have the balls to say goodbye and she went back to her fucking husband that was that treated her like shit in Missouri so you know here I've let my guard down I've gave somebody my body, you know, I fucked them, um, thought there was something kind of there, you know, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have bought her half of the fucking food and alcohol and shit that I did buy, you know, I would have treated her more like a slut too, I would have made her suck my dick more instead of, <laughs> anyways, um, she really played me for a fool. She said she was, um, then she changed her story up. Then it went from her having an interview to later that night I called her and she said, this is what she said. She said she was going out of town. She was going back to Missouri, but her mother was going to take her there to pick up some clothes. Now, I told her it's not a smart move with the situation that her and her husband was in. He's suicidal. He has guns. It's not smart for you to go back there to risk your life over getting clothes, you know, in my opinion. Just fucking buy new ones. And it was all a lie the whole time. That's the crazy part. Like, she couldn't have just came out and said, hey, 
I'm not really feeling this, and I'm going to go back to what I was doing. So, it's a slap in the face, but it's a lesson learned not to let your guard down as easily. Even if you think that they're cool, even if you think they're chill. Oh, I can see this one really working out. She's really, you know, my type of girl. She's thinks the same way. She... You know, we can talk for hours and don't fucking let your guard completely down because that's when shit happens <clears throat> they either fucking cheat on you or they leave you one of the two <sighs> and the only thing that they want is either money sex or to use you for like the fact that you got a car or they want to be around your friends so she can fuck them. There's only so many reasons why females want something to do with you. And it's not because you're a swell guy, I can tell you that. <laughs> Plenty of fucking swell guys out there. That's another thing. You get married, it's almost like... You're doomed. Think about it. You know, you're stuck with somebody by law, legally. And then they get to go out and if they fucking cheat on you and you can't prove it, then there's nothing you can do about that. You know, you can file for a divorce, but <clears throat> you can't legally get paid alimony or whatever if uh, you can't prove that your spouse is actually cheating on you, then... It's really just hearsay, you know. Anywho, plenty of people get married ten years later. They get bored, and it's the same thing. They're like, what else do we got out here? What other kind of fish are in the sea? Did I really settle for this when, you know, who knows what else is out there? And that's always been a thing with women, too. They're always fascinated by guys' dicks. No matter... No matter what, like, when a girl meets a guy, it don't matter if they're just friends or somebody new that just started at work or you're just passing somebody down the street, girls always stare at the guy's junk first. I don't care who you are. And it's a fascination with women. It's like a caveman thing, but with women. You know, they just can't help it. So, they're always fascinated by dicks, you know. <laughs> They're like, what What other dicks are out there? So many sizes, colors, and shapes, and this one's bent to the left, and this one's bent to the right. This one's got a little extra skin on it. You know, females are just fascinated with all the different kinds of dicks. They can't be happy with just one. Now me, I mean, if I found a mate, you know, and her badge was like on point and everything. I would, I wouldn't need anything else. You know, I'd be completely content. You know, it, you could use the same analogy on oh, there's other badges out there. There's so many different. You know, but I mean, anything's better than your hand. <laughs> and I've gotten quite used to to that. So you know, it doesn't really you know. I've never really been a whore, if that makes any sense. 
never been out there playing the field. I've never cheated on any of my exes. I was never a player in high school. <laughs> so, it's kind of a late bloomer, I guess. I didn't really date in middle school, didn't date in high school, really. Didn't really have a lot of friends in middle school or high school. <clears throat> I was actually a loner skater kid that was depressed and emo and back before emo was actually cool, you know. I didn't paint my fingernails and crazy shit like that, but let my hair grow out. I wore whatever clothes I wanted. I listened to rock music and always acted out in class. It was typical punk rock goth kid. Really rebellious. Um, and then kind of at a certain point, I was like, man, this isn't getting me anywhere. You know, I kind of changed from being rebellious to kind of just sitting back in class and not doing anything, being lazy. I didn't do the homework. I didn't really listen. Because it was boring to me. School was boring because I felt like I already knew it. Well, there was a lot of times when I did already know what was being taught. I was ahead of all the kids in that class, but I just didn't do the work. <clears throat> and if you don't do the work, then you don't get good grades, then, you know, that was my problem. I just fucking hated homework. I would have rather been out in the neighborhood, hanging out with my friends, Spent all day at fucking school. Why would I want to come home and do more school? You know? Just didn't make sense to me. And like I said, we'd take a test or a quiz, and I didn't listen to any of the shit that this bitch said the whole time she was teaching. <laughs> but I still would get like a C or a B or, you know... A lot of times it was multiple choice and you just go through and take your fucking best shot. <laughs> and a lot of times I was really successful at it that way. <laughs> Whatever sounds the best, you know, I just went through every question the fastest that I could. Read it out loud to myself in my mind. <clears throat> Sorry. Got this dry throat going on. Anyways, I would go through and, I don't know, it felt like I was on crack, you know, I'd have to go through this question, read it as fast as I could, and answer as fast as I could, you know, <laughs> if I couldn't fucking solve it, of course I'd come back to it, but, I did all my math and shit different from everybody, <clears throat> I had... Teachers trying to teach you a fucked up way on how to do this and do that, but you can do it more simpler and get the same answer, you know. And then you had the teachers that wanted you to actually show your work. And I told them, I'm not going to show my work because I have a certain way of doing it. I don't even need to write it on paper. I can do it in my head. But the minute that you ask me to write it on paper... It, it makes it more complex and I got to think about it more and 
I don't just come up with the answer because I got to actually jot it down and look at it and think about it. And so it just, it just, in my opinion, added more time on to solving each question, each problem. And it didn't do me any good. So <clears throat> then when I went to Lawrence Academy to finish out the rest of my schooling, I was the second person there since they built the school to get the most classes done in a year. I think it was like 12 classes. And I get done with one, and I jump on another one. I get done with that one, I jump on another one. And it felt kind of like high school or something, you know. I had the classrooms and had the stairs and stuff. I had like 20 or 30 students in each class. I had a GED program and they had a high school diploma program. And I did the high school diploma program for a while until for like two years almost. And I started in my sophomore year. So basically spent two more years. I was a senior. And even with all the credits that I earned, I still had to go to school for another year in order to get my diploma. And I was at the point where I really needed a job and wanted a job. My dad was pushing me to get a job. And <clears throat> so I said, I can't go to school for a whole nother year just to get a piece of paper. I'm going to just take the GED test and see where that gets me. Anyways, took the GED test, passed it. I ended up getting a job at Steak and Shake, was my first job. And I was making, well, at first they started me out serving and shit. And then they had me, like, doing backline, you know. Had me working the grill a little bit. Sometimes early in the morning, I'd try a little bit of breakfast, too. Um, but I, I never really did that well except for on milkshakes and dishes. I was really good at doing dishes and making milkshakes. <laughs> and um, I really enjoyed it. I actually had a, a mate, I guess you'd call it. I call it a mate, a side hand. Somebody else that's back there with you making shakes. It's not just one person usually two people. I mean, when it's really busy, you got a lot of shakes to make, not only for the drive-thru, but for the dining room, and anyways, it was really fun. It was my first job. It was an eye-opening experience. It was good to actually have money in my pocket, and I actually bought my first PlayStation 3 with, with that money for Christmas. It was like a thousand dollars for the system and the games, and Man, the games were $60 a piece. And I can remember coming home to my dad's. Because I was staying at my dad's then. And they weren't going to probably get me anything for Christmas, you know, because they 
it seemed like they wanted me to feel like shit, you know, they'd always buy my sister, you know, this and that, whatever she wanted, they never ever spoiled me, so I went out and spoiled myself, and then they got pissed about it, pretty much, um, yeah, I come home, and my dad's like, oh, look what it is, Mr. Moneybags, and I'm like, Mr. Moneybags, He's like, yeah, you got all this money to go out and and buy uh, game systems and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I worked for it. It's my money. And same thing when, whenever I got a cell phone. They, they wouldn't buy me a cell phone. They bought my sister one if she kept her grades up in school. <clears throat> but they wouldn't buy me a cell phone. And um, so... I went out to the mall, to Verizon, and I got a BlackBerry. Back then, they didn't have unlimited plans or whatnot, so you had to pay $30 for the uh, texting and $60 for the minutes, and then $10 for the insurance, you know, then all the taxes and everything. So it was like over $120 a month, if I remember right. And so... I was paying for that. I was paying my car insurance because I had just got a Ford Explorer for like $200 from someone. And I was paying on the car insurance. I was paying for gas and upkeep on it. Um, I was paying for my phone bill every month, $120. And anything else that I really needed. Socks or whatever if I needed it. I'd go and buy it, you know. And so it was really kind of a slap in the face when my father was treating me like I was doing something wrong. Because I was doing everything right. You know, I was taking care of myself. Even at 18 years old, I was, I was paying bills, working. Uh, you know, and then there was a certain time when I was staying with him when I was working and going to school. I was doing my CNA class. Uh, and I was working at Lime Street Cafe. Um, I don't know. I was always put down by by him, but obviously I did something right. Really taught me how to manage my money a lot better and know the value of a dollar and know how hard work really is. Starting out on the bottom of the totem pole and not having literally any experience at all and nothing. I remember back then, I was 18. I wanted to work at a gas station so bad, but I had to be 21. And after working at Steak and Shake for a year, and then I did some odds and end jobs, you know, like working for a garage company, building garages, and that didn't last long. Um, it's always bouncing around job to job to job. I worked at Culver's for a little bit. I worked at Denny's for a little bit. Um, and it was always me bouncing around until I became 21. And I was working at Cracker Barrel, I do believe. And I ended up applying for a job at the gas station on MacArthur, the Super Pantry. 
and uh, they hired me. Oh, I was working at Papa Murphy's then. Yeah, not Cracker Barrel, but Papa Murphy's. And it was the greatest thing ever to me. And I've just been persistent and stuck with it over all these years. Even though I've had a lot of people have it out for me. and I've had to ride my bike in the rain, sleet, or snow. I've just stuck with it, you know. Persistence is key to everything and that's the reason why I've lasted so long and I feel like it's given me room to survive but it's also taught me on how I need to grow and what I need to do in life to take my next steps and I didn't just jump straight out of school and go get into college and get stuck with a career choice that I had wasted all my time on that I don't want anything to do with anymore. Now I've actually thought about what I want to do and it's nothing to go back to school and do it. Two years of school is nothing. So, anywho, I'm at the 58 minute mark so I guess I'm going to end this one and make another one.